0: Too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Anthony Denham, wide receiver
0: for the Utah Utes, number eight, and you're listening to AU Radio. But I won't be the last athlete, so stay tuned and continue listening.
2: I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy it
0: hurts. I am too sexy for Milan, too sexy for Milan, New York and Japan.
2: Hey yo, what's up everybody? My name is Kenneth Scott. I'm kicking it with the people at Old Youth Radio. Hope you're having a good time. I am too sexy for your party, too sexy for your party. No way, I'm disco dancing. This guys as big in Australia as so they were here?
0: They have a pretty big back time.
2: Yeah, because they blew up in this... Were they? Oh, they were huge, like top five, top two. This song was everywhere when I was a little boy.
3: I, I remember hearing this song on Married With Children. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, they used it in everything. They used it in commercials. I remember... It, they... What year was this, Sasha?
2: Uh, this had to be early 90s. Oh my god.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> What's the name of the band? It's Right Said Fred. R- right Said Fred. Yeah. Right Said Fred. <laughs> it's a horrible video. He's, it's basically like a porn video. The guys are just, just all shirtless and in tight pants. And... So what, is this like... It's fucking awful. I apologize. It was
4: 1991. <laughs> 1991. July 15th.
2: 1990. I was like four years old. Sush. How old were you? 11. 11. Yeah how, yeah. how old are you in the 90s?
0: Uh, 92. I was born.
2: That actually brings up a good question. Oh,
0: like, Tom Hackett, hello. Yeah. Welcome oh, hello, to OU everyone.
2: Radio. This is kinda how we start as a shit show and continue on. Uh, <laughs> I was watching Andrew Bogut warm up the other day because he's a Dallas Maverick and they were in town. And I knew that you were coming in on our podcast and I was thinking, I've been thinking, how does Tom Hackett get to Utah? Was Andrew Bogut the one that kind of popularized Utah for young Aussie athletes?
0: No, I, I didn't know uh, where Utah was. When I came over here, I had no idea where I was going. Really? Yeah. No clue at all? No. I came on an unofficial visit um, because I figured I better go check out the place I'm going to stay for four years, see if I like it, and yeah, I got really drunk and I loved it. (laughs) Your first thoughts coming off the plane? Uh, Mountains weren't hills. Uh, Back in Australia, we have hills, not mountains. But I I enjoyed it. I didn't know, like, more. I'm not from a religious background. I had no idea what the Mormon religion was. My grandma told me if I marry a Mormon, I'll be taken out of the will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't know what she was talking about. So, yeah, I found found it pretty cool once I got here. I made friends fast and kind of settled in. took me a while to learn culture. But in terms of food and stuff, I mean... Australia and America is pretty relevant. Really, together. what do you mean? Like, what what are the similarities? Well, I mean, like we eat similar foods. It's not identical. Um, it's a little cheaper over here than it is back home. Uh, we speak the same language for the most part. Uh, what t-
3: what were the culture aspects that you're having trouble with when you you came? Like the her?
0: religion side of things, mm. especially here in Salt Lake, I just didn't understand, and it took me a while to like. Back home, I say damn, and I say damn a lot, and I say, oh, my God. And when I take my mom to go look at the temple because it's cool to look at, I I tell her, hey, try not to say, oh, my God, and she says, oh, my God, about 50 times (laughs) really, really loud, and she she just doesn't get it. (laughs) And I I was the exact same way when I came out here. I had no idea. It took me, like, six months to be like, right, okay, I can't say damn, which to me is just obscure, but... Definitely.
3: No, I totally understand that. When I came out here, I was just like, what? Magic underpants. Like, what? Wait, magic <laughs> underpants? What's that? <laughs> the garments.
4: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah,
3: even yeah. know at first. Yeah, totally. I totally get that. So, so how did you... So, Did you play American football back in Australia? Or no. How did,
0: no, not at all? Did they play
3: American football
0: where no, you from? No. They play recreationally. It's like 40-year-old men that are American that still think they have an arm and they go play in a cow paddock with 30 people watching. A bunch of like Uncle Rico's. Yeah, and, and like then they <laughs> drink a lot of they drink too much beer after the game and life moves on, you know. Really? So how
4: would you get from playing recreational?
0: <laughs> to I never played recreational. Oh. Sorry. No, I I started playing uh, soccer when I lived in Tokyo, Japan for 6 years. Went back to Australia. My dad's a businessman, so we kind of jumped around. When I finally got home to Melbourne, I was 12 and that's when I picked up Australian rules football.
1: Yeah.
0: My dad was talented back when he played uh, a while ago. Well, well before I was born. But so I figured I, I'd always wanted to give that a shot. So at 12, I started playing that, and uh, that kind of taught me the core basics of punting, which at the time I had no idea it was going to do. Yeah. I had aspirations to go play professionally in Australia. You're rugby, right? Australian rules football. Well, it's
3: it's like a uh, uh, yeah, it's Australian rules football. It's, yeah, it's not, what's, what's the it's not rugby. It's not rugby. It's very different.
0: Yeah, it's 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 like, uh, the best way I explain it is it's a hybrid of volleyball, soccer, rugby, and whatever other sport you want to throw in there. But really can you can use matter. your hands and feet. Yeah? Correct, okay. yeah. but, but predominantly feet. Anyway, so I just started playing that game, and then I actually sucked in year 12, my senior year of high school. I got terrible grades, um, and there are a few reasons behind that, but... That's kind of how I got into punting. Really? That was like my way out, you know, because if I had to go on a university back home, it would just would have been shit. <laughs> I would have gone like <laughs> like, junior college, and I'm like, no, I, no, I, wasn't, I don't want to do that. So. You wanted a higher standard for your education. Yeah, so I just got out of there.
3: So how did you transition into
0: American football? For me, there really is no transition. What I did on the football field here is what I did on the football field back home. It's just with a different-shaped ball. Helmets and pads. Really? Yeah.
2: So it was easier in some extents. You know, you're not. Well, taking... It made
0: me look better. Yeah. Because all my <laughs> friends can do exactly what I did on the football field out here. It's just everyone out here thought I was the only one in the world that could do it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, I'll take it. That's amazing. Yeah, they just kick it. they they pass it right to you. Just stand there, hit it. Yeah. You don't even get, they don't even hit you. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, yeah. If you if you're, if you're uh, not careful, they might. But for the most part, I don't. I don't think I got hit uh, more than three or four times. Wow. Uh, I was fortunate. It got you in trouble, though, with
2: the NFL, your punting style, didn't it? Uh,
0: they weren't, they weren't uh, thrilled on it. The NFL's tricky. It's made up of coaches that are young and old, and the young ones get it. The old ones just don't, oh. and they refuse to. Get it wasn't their gimmick
2: on not drafting you is because they couldn't judge how high you punted, like the hang time?
0: Yeah, which is bullshit yeah. because I went to the combine and I hit spirals and then I, at my pro day I hit spirals. So I saw an hour and a half of me hitting spirals. And then they drafted and then they took an Australian punter over you, right? They took an Aussie punter over me. He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. At the time I was a bit pissed off, but when I went out to the Jets to compete against him, I was like, uh, he's pretty good. Did you know him? Uh, I met him at the combine.
2: Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, but
0: he's only forty-five minutes away from me. So when I went back home in July or something, I drove through his town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to go through to my yeah. grandparents who were down that way.
4: So where are you now? Um, are you still working out in hopes of getting back to the NFL or?
0: Sure. Going? I came out of college and I said, if I feel comfortable enough, I'm going to give it two to three years. Um, the NFL, that is. So. I still feel good about it. I I'm going to give it a crack. I've got nothing to lose. I'm fortunate. I play a position punter that requires me to stay in punting shape, which is nothing. <laughs> by the way, yeah, I really don't have to do much at all. So I I try to work out three times a week. If I can get out once a week to kick, I will. But I mean I've had a few looks uh my agent still works for me. I got to work out with the Detroit Lions as of a month ago. So there're still things coming in. But yeah, long story short, if I can if I can just go 2-3 years, I'll be happy. If I don't get a job, I don't really care to be honest with you. I had a college career that I was fortunate to uh to have and and I'm also fortunate to not have the expectation from my family that rely on me to make the NFL to help support them, which unfortunately a lot of kids kind of rely on, maybe not so out of U- so much out of Utah, but around the country. There are, there are kids that rely on playing in the NFL, and I'm not one of those kids. So uh, if I make it great, if I don't, then we'll see where else uh, life takes me.
2: You're one of the most successful hunters in all of college history. Ray Guy winner twice, all American all the time you would be happy with just that career? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd save your body too. And Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean the NFL would be awesome, and I'm not I'm not saying I don't want to play in the NFL. Yeah. I'm just saying if for whatever reason it doesn't work out, I can't make it or cuz a lot of it's timing, uh getting on a team's timing. So if for whatever reason it doesn't work out, I'm I'm satisfied. And they don't um,
2: keep three and four no, punters
0: on a team. There's, there's 32 jobs. Yeah. So it's uh. tricky. It's that's what I mean, timing's everything. Mm-hmm. Once they get someone and they like, they're going to keep him.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and they can keep him for 15 years if they want. Sometimes salary gets kind of caught up in it all, but for the most part. And, and to be honest, when I came out of college, I thought it was really good timing. I thought there were three to five teams that were, that required a punter. Normally one or two if you're lucky coming out of college. So, If you want, we can go... Make them get injured, and <laughs> get a spot for you. I thought about doing something like that. <laughs> I thought about. It, don't worry.
3: So, were you always just a good punter, or is that a skill you developed? Like, is it just
0: a habit from playing Australian football? Like, it's just a habit from playing Australian rules football. I, you know, getting crappy grades in year twelve was a blessing for me in a sense. At the time, my dad thought I was an idiot, and he probably still does. But like, I played on a football team back home that had. Uh, twenty-four people on a team, eighteen on the field at once, and like fifteen of those twenty-four could have done what I did in college. Yeah, it's just they went different routes, and for whatever reason, I got flown on a one-way ship to Utah, and this is kind of how it played out for me. And it's weird. I don't know. You look back on it, and I'm like, why did I make those decisions? And uh, and how'd they lead you here. That it just all kind of played. Played well, out. That's
2: yeah. what I wonder about the Andrew Bogut effect and Rick Majerus, because he scouted Australia quite a bit. And there had to be a residual at the University Dante of Utah Axel. of meeting coaches. and Yeah, Dante Exum's another yeah. perfect example. A lot
4: of Aussies are yeah. taking over Utah. Yeah,
2: and then there's that other player on the Jazz that's... Joe. Uh, yeah, Joe. Joe So there is that connection. I wonder if there's... if Is the church a heavy presence in Australia?
0: I, I, no, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of my friends knew what it was,
2: but they came and scouted you at high school, or
0: so. I joined an academy. It's called Pro Kick Australia. Okay. Um, basically, I was on the couch one night. It was during the summertime, summertime two thousand and ten to eleven, because our summer isn't during Christmas time, right? So it was like December, January. I was on the couch. I was watching the news, six o'clock news, and. A famous Australian rules football player was thinking about going play playing in the NFL. And they were going through this program called Pro Kick Australia. I said, shit, I should just shoot them an email, see what he says. So I shot him an email. He said, come down. I went down. I shanked every punt. I sucked. And he said, you're good enough. I said, what? He said, you're good enough. I said, okay. Went back, told my dad. He's like, how much money's involved? I said, 5,000 bucks. He said, no. I said, no, just come down and speak to him at least for me. So anyway, one day after work, he came down, spoke to him, blah, blah, blah. Long story short. I was there for 12 months. Dad ended up paying the five grand. The program's now worth like 15 grand if you want to get in. So I give my old man a bunch of shit for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was there for like, yeah, 12, 13 odd months. And Coach Hill, who who was a special teams coach at Utah, saw me on YouTube. So what my coach did back home was he'd send special teams coaches, head coaches, whoever, recruiting coordinators, my YouTube film. He sent like 120 schools my, my film, most Division 1A schools, and he gets like 10 emails back of my film. And of the 10, one was from Coach Hill. And so he came out and met my coach and uh, kind of showed him around Melbourne. And yeah, they, they didn't offer me a scholarship. They said, I won't offer you a scholarship until you come and prove yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd never played before. I said, fair enough.
2: Salt Net- Lake's a good place for kickers, too. There's a long lineage of kickers. Who are famous in Utah? You got the guy that's a weatherman at Fox. Who was, yeah. a, uh, Chafis was a kicker. He's a congressman now. King Louie was super famous at the U. And because aren't kickers and punters kind of seen as soft and weak by their football teams?
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's like this persona about them that they're pussies. Yeah. yeah,
2: but you didn't have that effect there. Like you were a celebrity here.
0: Well, I was just like semi-normal slash really weird and so I got along with like the the more popular guys on the team like the Jared Norrises who come across to the media is really normal but are so fucked up (laughs) you know and so we just got along and like Brian Blacken the same thing Travis don't even don't even get me started like try try and pull words out of his mouth I dare you (laughs) so I don't know I just had friends that were some of the more popular teammates and I was also lucky enough to be put in a position to succeed, and it worked out.
2: What did you think of the American football culture when you got here?
0: Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect, and, and so when I first got here, uh, I was just bamboozled by the size of some of those players, more or in particular the Polynesian players on the team, the big Polynesian culture in Utah, and so I was like, man, but, I mean, i would never seen anyone the same the size of those blokes, so um took me a while to get used to. I'd never picked up a weight in my life before I came here. I got my ass kicked for about two weeks in the gym. I'd literally, it'd take me half an hour to get to the gym, back to my locker, because I'd have stars in my eyes. <laughs> uh, I didn't work out, and so I learned to work out. Nowadays, they have, like, a developmental program, which is some bullshit that... The strength coach puts the new guys in. But back when I came, it was just like, yeah, you're in the deep end. Best of luck, buddy. Wow. Try, and, try not to die. <laughs> and I was, uh, yeah.
4: What was it like the first day, like you had your first workout?
0: Oh, I said to Nick Marsh, who was the, uh, one of the kickers back then, who I'm still very good friends with, and he was kind of the guy that on my unofficial visit looked after me. So I said to him, I said, mate, I'm not going to make it. And I said, I right, four years of this shit, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, there's no way I can barely even get through one day, so it took it took me a while. Kind of, uh, how'd you not quit? I d- I didn't really have much of a choice
2: because you were here, yeah.
0: I was here, and my family was there, and I didn't have money to get back there. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I'll stay.
2: And you just learned to. Did you learn to like it, or did well, got, you just tolerate it? I got stronger. Got stronger. I, I got
0: stronger, and it just made it easier. Nick, and they, the boys kept telling me, like, just give it a month, give it a month. Like, it's going to suck, it's going to suck, but just give it a month, you'll be fine. I said, all right, all right. So I just managed to—it got easier as the days got on, but that first two weeks just ruined me.
2: Just couldn't walk, huh? Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you have a problem adjusting to the diet of, an, of a college player? Because you have to eat all the time. You got, I don't. If, they didn't make you, huh?
0: No. That's nice. Yeah, I, I've, I've eaten pretty shitty, for for a while, especially out here. Out here, it'll get you. Oh. Mum's big on vegetables and fruit. You yeah. know, I go home and she'll stack aisle six, which is our <laughs> cupboard. We call it aisle six. <laughs> <laughs> I have three brothers and a sister, so there's a big family. But and I I destroy aisle six. But come dinner time, it's fruit, veggies, and meat. So. Out here, it's like, oh, I can't be bothered eating, so I'm going to make a cheese quesadilla. Sure. And now it doesn't fly back at the Hackett household.
4: Dude, you ever put pepper jack cheese on your quesadilla? I've never done that. Do it. I'm okay. telling you. And then you burn it a little bit so it turns brown. It's like a little crispy. It's uh-huh. the best thing. I'm okay. fat, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love, uh, I, I, I love, I'm
0: right there with you.
4: That in a beer, you're good. Is that, yeah. is that microwaved or pan fried? No, heck, microwave. I'm uh-uh. just making sure. you, you got to make that distinction. No, 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 no. <laughs> you put it in the pan, and then the cheese kind of comes out the tortilla a little bit, mm. and it turns brown. It's so good.
0: See that type of shit I'm trying to stay away from (laughs) Here I am getting advice (laughs) Sorry That's right. So what's like Your plan B Do you have a plan B So right now I'm doing an internship I'm with uh, ESPN 700 I kind of became friends With Bill Riley throughout the years Um, Seeing him around the facility And all and I hit him up I said look uh, what are your thoughts on an internship? And at the time, he'd already had, he would already had two people to do the internship for the fall. He was uh, kind enough to let me as a third, which they don't normally do. And so I've got to get that to graduate. He said, without a degree, I'm probably not going to hire you anyway if, I wanted, if you wanted to work in media. So I said, all right, I'll get the degree. Right now, that's kind of where I'm leaning. I, I don't know. I was telling Johnny and Sasha earlier, I don't know if this is like a trick because I'm working two days a week right now, but it's three hours a day. So I've got so much time to play FIFA 17. It's, it's the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a trick for like they offer me a job and I get it and it's just shit, you know? Like nine to five and life sucks and you don't make that much money early off. So anyway, I'm thinking about going into media. I'm just trying to figure out if, uh, if what he's doing to me is uh, normal or not.
4: Now, watching the games, I'm sure you watch Utah games still. How is it different watching them from being on the sideline to more of an analyst perspective?
0: Uh, That's a good question. So I'll go back to my friend Nick. Uh, He told me as soon as I got done playing at Utah, he said, dude, he said, I couldn't watch college football the year after I graduated. He said, I don't know, I couldn't do it. And for me, it's not like that at all. I love, I, I continue to watch, I go to games. I tailgate now, and it's fine. Wait, where's your tailgate at? <laughs> My tailgate's like right, right there too. So it's like a perfect little zigzag walk to the stadium come game time. But um, no, I love it. I'm fine. I watch and I try and analyze. But I'm like, I, I tell Bill too. I say, Bill, I had one or two too many beers, so I'm sorry I didn't really get to see much. I'll watch the replay tonight. <laughs> Um, and what does he say? He says, "Don't worry about it. I don't know. I don't care that much. I'm an intern. I right? get away with this shit, and I and I utilize that. So anyway, I like it. I I have a good time. I uh, sit there with my girlfriend and and her brother, and sometimes some friends if they want to tag along. And uh, yeah, we just you know get a bit rowdy in the crowd. It's I can't complain. How do you feel about a four hour football game when Fox rolls in?" <laughs> I always make sure nowadays to look at who's uh, broadcasting. Sure. Which is interesting because I don't think many people think about that. No, they don't. Um, and to be honest, I never did until I was a player. And you see Fox and ESPN, if they're in town, it's like, man, you know. It's like, we better get a seat close to the toilet because I'm going to be going there <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and then pack, if Pac-12 comes in, it's, pretty, it's nice. It's a, it's a lot faster, but yeah. It's interesting because, like I said, I don't think many people.
2: I've got a little bit of heat with you. It's actually why I wanted you on my show. Okay. Uh So I've narrowed this incident down to 2013. It was either the UCLA Bruins game or the game after that versus the Stanford Cardinals when they were number five. At home. At home. On the south side of the end zone, I'm up on a ladder, and I'm putting up a POV camera.
0: Is this before the game? Yes. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) I got hit in the fucking shoulders, man, <laughs> by a football by either you or Andy Phillips on the 40-yard line.
0: I apologize. Dylan. Did you notice that? Because I, I knew where this was going <laughs> Yeah, and
2: I got a sense. It hurt. It was right underneath my neck and I got off the ladder and I turned around and I screamed, way to hit the fucking fat guy. <laughs> And all the players just chuckled because we're not supposed to interact with the players. Uh, so I, we, you know, I never say hello. I never. Do, but man, I was about to fucking rush you.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, I would have had some good backup, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I felt pretty comfortable on that field. Yeah, no it's like one quick, place just... in the world where I was like, I'm good. <laughs> if I want to hit this fat guy, I'm gonna hit this fucking fat guy. Oh my god, I wish somebody had that oh, on camera. I can't breathe. Oh, so
2: did you do that on purpose? You had to have I seen me on think, that. I don't
0: think I never would have done that on purpose. Yeah, right. No. I, you know what I used to do on purpose though, is yeah. when the band would come out on <laughs> that had those big ass trumpet things.
1: Yeah. Yo, know, I'd be trying to put it in those things
0: half time, all half time. And that was fun. Did Seriously. you ever get one in? I think I hit one it, someone in the head once and I didn't in the hole. Which came out, that up. came out a little perverted, so I apologize. The
4: band loves yeah. you guys. That is so messed up. Well, they, they don't know. It, they dude. only
0: found out, I'm sure, if they listen to this show. But. No,
4: my coworker, he's actually in the band. He graduated uh, last year, but he helps out and stuff. So I'm going to tell him because he's
0: like a total band geek. Yeah, he's we like, have a guy next I door in, in this building
2: game. that was a band boy.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, Actually, one of my good friends, uh, well, yeah, he's a good friend. He He like runs the band now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <That's>, cool. <laughs> yeah, which is... You ever try to hit him? He's always the guy sitting up or standing up uh, on the, whatever, the platform, like, waving his hands around. Oh, that'd
4: be real messed up. If
0: I hit him, that'd be too (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) That would be funny, though. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Your accuracy is phenomenal. Like, you used to do these hashtag, we are punters are people, too, and you Uh do these little videos of how hard is it to hit a... Goalpost from an angle or a corner or up in this field.
0: Uh, that's a funny story because I didn't mean to do that. Really? No, I meant to hit it through the goal. <laughs> <laughs> and it hit it. And Maddie, the social media lady, I'm like Maddie, just say I meant to hit the goalpost. She's <laughs> like perfect. And everyone's like, holy fuck! He, he hit the, go- the goal. The goalpost is like three centimeters long. I'm like, shut up, you <laughs> come on that's amazing you know uh
3: you you uh you went viral yourself for a minute with the uh the uh, uh quote about byu how did that come about
0: um i was with my good friend andy he said dude please come with me i've got to speak at this whatever it was it was like a pep rally or something the day before the game i'm like no He's like, come with me, please. I don't need you to speak. Just come with me. I'm like, no. Anyway, he managed to like force me into it. I'm like, all right, I'm. I'll come, keep you company. He had his baby with him at the time, uh, his first child, Max. So I was like, I'll just look after Max while you go and talk some nonsense. So I'm like, cool. Coach Stubblefield was there too. I get there. He's like, yo, we're playing horse with this water bottle and that trash can, and if I beat you, you're speaking. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, because <laughs> I have all confidence in the world that I'm going to beat that spastic, you know. <laughs> Ended up losing, and yeah, I had to speak, and I, I came up with something funny, and or at least what I thought was funny, um, like five five, ten minutes before, and that's what I came up with. And I don't have an explanation apart from that. I I just I don't know. I I was like I don't really like these guys. I hate Coach Mendenhall, and that was a big reason behind it. I just did not like him.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: For what reason? I I didn't. I don't even know him, but just looking at him, he makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> and like true like, competitor. And like when he runs around with his hands in the air. Yeah. I'm like wow. I'm like yeah. I I, I want to punch you like more and more every time I see that. Anyway. <laughs> so I didn't like him I like him a lot more now that Coach Sataki's I think Coach Sataki's awesome but that's another story um, and yeah I just came up I called him bastards and I thought that was funny because back in my home country that's like a word that flies all the time Yeah, yeah. and I'm like out here however people are going to be like oh my and lo and behold that happened so uh, yeah did you get called into Whittingham's office for that? no he spoke to me when I got back to the hotel <laughs> yeah, that yeah, night and he had a big it. smile on his face oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah I, with him, I can get away with murder. It's it's pretty fun. You guys have a good relationship? Yeah, myself and Coach, we'd have a good relationship. Uh, he was he was the pun team coach, I guess you'd call him, uh, as well as the head coach. For two or three of the years, I was there. So we became good friends, and uh, yeah. It's just funny, like I said, because a lot of the people on the team didn't even look at him. He's coming down the hall. You walk the other way.
4: What's one thing... That he's taught you that you'll never forget?
0: One thing he taught me that I'll never forget. Um, oh, dear. I don't know. I think I think what happened up at Oregon back when I ran that fake punt, that was an interesting time in my life because uh, I hit the wire and I went over to him and I said, Coach, I, I think I just hit the wire. Can you get them to check that? He said, Are you positive you hit the wire? And I said yes. And as soon as I said yes, he walked straight away.
2: The camera wire, right? For the Skycam, yeah.
0: The Skycam wire, sorry. And as soon as he walked away, I was like, holy shit, if I didn't hit the wire and he's going to speak to these refs about me hitting the wire and I just gave him the fact that I hit the wire, what if it comes back and I didn't hit the wire? And I was like really scared. And then fortunately it came back and it hit the wire. Because
3: you hit it on purpose.
0: No, but you know, if I hadn't told the media that, everyone would have probably shat themselves. You know. Um. Anyway, so but we saw their formation that the defense was running. Yeah. And he went ahead and said, "We're going to run the fake pump because it's on," and that was interesting to me because he wouldn't have done that had he not have known the the formation. Um. And I thought it was kind of cowardly of him, to be honest with you, because it's such an it was an easy play call once we were aware of what they were running um and i don't know if that taught me much regarding him so i don't know where this answer is going but did you tell him that no yeah why do you think it's cowardly
3: cuz it was uncompetitive to know the formation and then adjust it it was or? just
0: too easy for him it was too easy for him which maybe wouldn't be cowardly maybe that's the wrong word to use but um conservative could it be smart? It, it, might, it was probably pretty smart, but at the time we were up by like 35-40, uh. you know, so maybe that's where he's I He's done
2: stuff was. in the past like that. If you remember the Wyoming game several I years ago. I wasn't here, but that's yeah. when
0: Coach Christensen flipped him off, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and it was like 59-0 and he's doing a fake punt, you know, and it's like, dude, but...
3: What works, works, man. I get that. I used to be an athlete, man. You play to win. That's it. You use what you got to use to win.
2: But you've won. Yeah, but you're also a smaller school, and you, when you're up on Oregon like that, I think that some of those elite coaches will be like, "Yeah, I've got to eviscerate them even more just to get that Utah name out." It's there.
3: competitive, man. You yeah. got to kill them. Yeah, got to kill them.
0: Kill or be killed. <laughs> the, the thing with Oregon is, and then maybe this is where it's not so cowardly is, they would do that. They did that to other teams like three or four times yeah. when when they had Mariota. Mm-hmm. They so probably they...
2: did it to you guys at one point or another.
0: Uh, it's probably. Yeah. They kind right. of did it, but not really. The game where Kaelin Clay dropped the ball on the half-yard line, we we were in that game for the majority of the game. It kind of got blown out late.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I don't think we ever got blown out by Oregon, but we blew them out.
2: What would you think about that play with him dropping the ball right before he crossed the line?
0: I didn't know what to think. It was back when I was my second year there. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I had to be explained. <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, I was as confused as uh, Everyone watching The Japanese over there you know? uh, What's going on? What? Yeah. How
4: many times do yeah. they have to explain it
0: to you? No, no, once they explained it I was like, right, you're an idiot
1: <laughs> He was late
0: yeah. I'm like, well We had the ball and scored And now they have the ball and they're scoring I'm like, there's a kickoff in between here That, that went missing You know? <laughs> like, something's not right. But then when they, you know, I saw the replay and I'm like, oh, what are they reviewing? Someone said, oh, they think they dropped the ball. I was like, right. So, you idiot.
4: Since you, <laughs> you didn't play American football before you got here, how uh-huh. long did it take you
0: to learn the game and adjust? It took me a while. It took me probably a good uh, nine months. Um, maybe two full season seasons because my first season – I didn't care enough to watch football outside of football. So I didn't learn much because I wasn't watching football. My second season, I started getting into football a bit more. So I'd find myself watching games on a Sunday, whereas last season, the, the season before, I would not have been watching games. So well, after that second season, I started watching more, and then as soon as you watch it, you start to understand. I, I also had uh, Travis, the quarterback, as a roommate, And like I said, you try and pull words out of his mouth, Um, but a simple question he'll answer, thankfully. Um, And so he was able to help me. He was able to help me a fair bit.
2: Was that tough? Because he got killed in this town. Like he was, he was not treated right by fans, by media. Did was that hard having to build him up after you know he'd make one of those mistakes and you'd have to.
0: It wasn't my job to do that. It wasn't my job. So I, I didn't feel as though that was something that I had to do.
4: Did you ever get back to the room and be like, you idiot? <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> no,
1: I would <mean>, never <laughs> like,
0: told was, me <laughs> what you did. <laughs> I know what you did now. You are stupid. I, I watched that replay three fucking times, dude. No, no, no. Because by that time, there was shit flying everywhere. We'd get back and if it was a really bad game and he had a couple of them. <laughs> um, paintings and everything just snapped and mm. yeah, you, uh, yeah. you throw him like a bottle of whiskey and just lock yourself <laughs> in your room <laughs> before the house burns down. <laughs> well, you're like, I don't know why he's mad. I had a good game. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple, I had a couple games where I was just really pissed off and, uh, yeah. why? I di- I didn't know how to handle, I didn't know how to handle, uh, Even if we won, I didn't know how to handle, like, a big return on my behalf. Uh, And I had no idea what to do, and I was pissed off because I was having such a great season, uh, and they'd return one up my ass, and I'd just be so angry. And myself. I wouldn't be angry at anyone else. I'd be angry at my helmet, too. I'd throw that sucker a fair (laughs) way. But, yeah, I'd sit in my room after the game. I'd go home and just, like. Drink. You take them personal. Yeah, it was it was just so frustrating because a uh, a lot of uh, all the times for that for that part it, it was so easily avoidable, and when they get a, break a big return on you and either I had to make the tackle or someone else had to make the tackle, it's like why didn't that one person make the fucking tackle or when he should have made the tackle? Yeah. You know, and you look back on it like that and it's like oh, it just grinds me up the wall. But Mitch. I was actually hanging out with Mitch uh, last weekend when he gave up that punt return for a touchdown. And he was just worried about how he was going to destroy some Tinder, to get Tinder girl uh, to take out all his aggression. <laughs> like, dude, I've had a girlfriend for four years. I should have just done the same thing with my girlfriend, you know? Yeah. She was locked out of the room too. So uh, He handles it much better than me. Yeah. It's hard to get.
2: 80 players on the same level. So when you're playing and when I played college sport to get the nine of us on the same page and the same energy and the same intensity was almost impossible. I bet having even 10 times as many athletes and players to get you know if if you're playing Washington you're going to have 70% of them that are ready to go and ready to play and the other 30% are they're going to have other issues going on. Did you experience that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's It's interesting because uh, football made up of essentially three teams in one, right? You got special teams, offense, and your defense. And you have like in the NFL, you have fifty three. In college, you can travel like seventy people or something, like sixty people. And it's a lot. That's a lot of players to travel. And so, to be able to figure out kind of how everyone differs, because everyone's got their pregame ritual or routine, and it's interesting because. Yeah, I definitely felt some games we were re- we came out all guns blazing and we were kind of killing it, and then other games we came out we just woke up from a from a six month coma or something. You know, it was we were lackadaisical. and so I don't know where that kind of comes down to. I don't know if we did things differently throughout the week or if it was right before the game something changed. But it's hard because there are so many players on a football team in the NFL. They just let you do your own thing. Really? Mm. Yeah. yeah, they say you're old enough mature enough you make more money if you don't if you want to screw it up somehow we'll just find someone else but yeah so i was i was out in pittsburgh watching my friend jordan punt for the steelers and i was staying at his house that night and i woke up the next day it's game day um i woke up at like nine o'clock or something and the door opens up and jordan just came back from the hotel I'm like what are you doing it's game day he's like oh i can just come home and then i'll just drive myself in We went out for lunch, and I'm like, man, chain you up like a dog in Utah in college, you know, but it's different in the NFL.
2: I bet you it's different at other schools too, the Michigans and USC's, because here, if there's a party and someone gets stabbed, it's going to be in the news for weeks and weeks and weeks. There's going to be investigations by the government because there's so much money going into the University of Utah. Was that stressful too, being at the flagship school? Because it's really the Jazz and it's the Utes football team. And you, yeah, and you came
3: in like as you know things are going up.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, it was. I I just don't. I still don't understand how you can get in so much trouble here. Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. We wonder really. that every day. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you hear, Corey jumping on a police car. Yeah. You deserve yeah. <laughs> to, like you, you're jumping on a police car, and you broke the windshield. You, okay, yeah. You're goodbye, and then you hear like domo. The domo one's interesting because I just he it, we, we were on break, and he was accused of r- theft and robbery or something, and it's, it's, you know, and he got he got not guilty, which is good because I just I don't understand how he would have made that mistake. When it came out, I was like, no, it doesn't sound right. If Domo's going to get in trouble, Domo's going to get in trouble in Compton, Los Angeles, mm. from where, you know, where he's from, yeah. with his boys, or out on the streets. But he might have yeah, had one guy that he used to hang out with, and I don't know if he still does, that might have gotten him in a bit of trouble. But, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I love both those guys, Corey and Domo, I think they're... Uh, they're emotional players, they help, but as people, they're really good. I know Corey's gone through some things, so uh, he was homeless for a while there. So, yeah, he's got some anger issues that he deals with. And But, you know, when you hear someone jumping on a police car, it's like, yeah. If you talked to him today and you said, why'd you do that? He would have said, I don't know. Yeah. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. So yeah.
2: It's tough in your early 20s to balance emotion. Like, I, when I was a young 20-year-old kid... It was women, it was parties, it was nothing else kind of really mattered than being flamboyant and arrogant and a bit of a jerk to people. And I've been lucky enough to get into my 30s now, and it's like, man, if I could have just grabbed young 20-year-old Sasha and slapped some sense into him. Because, you, you, you know, there's women that have gone in my life where, oh, I should have stuck with her. Oh, I should have stuck with tennis more. Oh, I should have gone into this career. And now, and you're th- you know, you just get that wisdom and that life experience. And, yeah, he'll look back and be like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. But I jumped
0: on a police car. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight but
2: 2020.
4: Then yeah. you can also make the argument, get that out in your 20s. Because if you don't get it out in your 20s, you're going to be 40, 50 years old jumping on a yeah, police you're car. Be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> why not? I mean, I'm not saying it's right. But why not? I can accept somebody doing that more when they're 20, 21, 22 than a freaking 30, 40 yeah. year old man acting 40 out 40 year
2: like old that. coat guy is not cool. <laughs> not cool. <Yeah>. <laughs> no.
4: do you think you, I guess when you're running such a tight ship like you're at the University of Utah, do you think it's easier for somebody to lash out because you know you're just you have you're so rebelling. many rules? Yeah. yeah. Or do you think the other way since you see, Um, the NFL players, they get more of a, you know, come when you come. You know what time the game is. You know what time you have to
0: be there. Uh, I think think it just comes down to personality. I think uh, with so many people on the football team, they come from so many different backgrounds. Uh, Some shit can get mixed up. And if I ever got told by someone that I didn't care much about, you know, I was doing this wrong or you suck or – It didn't interfere with me at all. It kind of went in one ear out the other. However, with other players on the team, it will affect them. And they listen to people. Uh, And if someone tells them they suck, you know, Andy, for example, is kind of one of those players. And I'm trying to teach him to steer clear of that when it's pretty funny when he missed the Arizona... When he missed the field goal down at Arizona State like two or three years ago we lost in... Overtime or double overtime, we get on the bus. I'm sitting right next to him and he just starts shaking his head. I'm like, You're all right, dude. He's like, No. I'm like, Look, he's like, Look at this tweet. And he shows me the tweet. (laughs) And it's some schmucko on some guy on Twitter, you know, he's trolling Andy. It says, (laughs) At Andy D Phillips or whatever his name is, go ski off a cliff. I was dying, <laughs> was I was dying. Oh, oh, oh. and andy was just melting inside <laughs> you, know, like, just like, you can see the blood boiling and what so i don't you, know time, like you man. can't get angry at you but people do and that's fine i try and teach them or just show that you can't care about what people say because it's hard. You come in Salt Lake City, and like you said, it's really the jazz in Salt Lake and uh, Utah, the football team, some some of the basketball team. But you're 18 years old, and all of a sudden you have thousands of followers on social media, and you, you get told how great you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not, it's not easy to deal with and to, like, stay focused. So... Do you yeah. have any
3: do you have any advice to any uh, athletes coming in knowing what you know now is there anything you could
0: It's I don't know if I have any advice. I could t- I could tell you guys how I went about it and the way I went about it, it's really simple is I cared about the people I cared about and and the people that I didn't know I could care less. That's really all there was to there was to it. So so my coaches I listened to, I followed, my girlfriend I listened to, I followed, her family I supported. And then people in class I could care less about. And it kind of sounds weird, but you can't care about everyone mm-hmm. when everyone's looking at you. It doesn't work that way. So I don't know. It's int- It's it's It comes from my personality. I, I'm pretty cruisy. I enjoy... I'm away from football. I'm not all football. And that's kind of how I've always been. I'm Even when I was not playing football, I was playing Australian football or soccer. I wasn't always, unless I was five years old and I was running around my house like a headless chicken, <laughs> I just wasn't always so focused. I was more focused on women or drinking, you know, like a normal human the being. The important stuff, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Living your life. Yeah, I was import- that's what I focused on. As some people get caught up in the emotion of... Football is everything, and their entire life, their identity is football. It's tricky, yeah. Because American kids come from high school, where literally since they were fifteen, they get told you're the greatest player in this town. You're gonna do big things. You're so good at this. Yeah, just
2: and their parents are encouraging it by spending twenty five thousand dollars and putting them in these camps and having (laughs) specialty coaches. Yeah, it's a nightmare. You have a tremendous sense of humor. You understand what funny and fun is. You ever think of, and you have good timing, it sounds like, and a good voice. Do you ever think about going into stand-up comedy or doing anything like that?
0: I haven't really gone down. I, I get too nervous. Really? I, I don't like getting nervous. Nervous, I say shit on national television yeah, that, yeah. that kind of makes me look stupid. And that's kind of what I do when I'm nervous. When I'm nervous, I say things that I regret. Um, do you think that fat speech
2: got you in trouble with, you, with the NFL? So, you know, I'd rather be fat or whatever you said. No, no,
0: it's a, it's a good question. I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Yeah. I don't think so, but people in the NFL are a little more serious than
3: yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah, a lot you know? of money involved. No fun league. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Have you ever said anything on television that your parents see it? And they're like, Tom, what the f***?
0: <laughs> um,
3: or, oh, my God. <laughs>
0: there, there was there, Yeah, oh, my God is what my mom said 20 times. Uh... There was one thing I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was like, you you shouldn't say that, Tom. You shouldn't say that, Tom. I'm like, (laughs) all right. It slipped. I'm sorry. Like, we make mistakes. And, yeah, I said shit in an interview or something. I don't know. Um, There was one time, and it was during Monday press conferences. It was there, and I just can't think of what it was. I'm so sorry. It's okay. You don't have to It was probably funny. If my mom's getting angry at it, it it's probably pretty funny. (laughs) So tell me about this
2: podcast. I'm ex- very excited about this. And why is it just going to be a podcast, and not a radio show?
0: Uh, it's going to be a podcast because I don't have any radio experience. Uh, it's a way for me to get involved more so with okay. radio, I guess, and media. Um, Andy's always kind of been a bit of a pest when it comes to the media. He's, he loves the media. He's... He's very big on growing his brand. He's an Olympian, yeah. As he calls it. And I'm like, bullshit, son. <laughs> but so I, And we're good friends, so I thought, let's do it. Spoke to Bill. And it's basically a radio show. It's, we're going to uh, target kind of the, the Utah Utes fan base. We're going to talk a lot of Utah football because that's kind of where we are. And we have stories that we can tell throughout our time there. Um,
2: Does he have to wait to get... To graduate to speak on the team, or how's no, that going to work?
0: No, he got. Uh, Anderson, huh? He went and asked Coach Witt if it's okay. Rudy was sitting in the room with uh, Coach Witt. They were having a meeting, and Rudy is the football operations guy. And Andy goes in the room. He says, Coach, do you mind if me and Tom Hackett do a podcast together? He like stops <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> What's a podcast? <laughs> he, has no, he doesn't even know what a podcast is. Perfect.
4: Okay. Thank you. Hi. Almost nothing. Yeah.
0: Nah, uh, Rudy said, "Yeah." He explained, and he said, sure, go ahead." You know. So we 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 uh we've had a few dry uh, dry runs, I guess you'd call them, and I think we're just waiting on uh the graphic design team to put together like a little logo for us, and then we're gonna publish it. But
2: just out of curiosity, how come you're not you're not doing
0: this yourself? I don't know. That's a good question. I. I didn't really think about doing it by myself because they're bros. You don't. I leave like your talking. Bro. I like talking with people. Yeah. You know. I I sitting in a room like this. I mean, I'd find too many ways to you know entertain myself that probably <laughs> wouldn't be that healthy. I don't know. I wouldn't do that. So, how about but, language restrictions? They have
2: language restrictions on this podcast.
0: Ah, uh, more so than this one. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I think. Yeah, it can't um, cast right. Just because. It's part of the Kids. brand, yeah. And
2: yeah, it's
3: ESPN. It's part of the brand.
2: No, I think it's it's uh, it's one of those tough things, especially when you guys are trying to be get paid as athletes and stuff. Mm. You gotta.
0: Uh, it's not gonna be. I'm not gonna. I'm not doing this podcast to be a comedian. You know, I'm yeah. not. And that doesn't mean that just just because I swear it means I'm a comedian. It, but I'm not trying to be funny. You're
2: naturally funny. Yeah.
0: You're trying to be like a a, more like a broadcast journalist like Uh, it's not that I want to be taken serious necessarily. It's more like I just want people to have a better understanding of the program.
3: Yeah. Mm, That's cool. Through my
0: eyes. That's really cool. An outsider's perspective. I love it. And Andy's got his perception and anyway, and then yeah. We're gonna talk about what we both know about football, you know, from the previous game. Do
2: you worry about burning bridges?
0: With what? No, I don't know what he means. Going yeah.
2: too far behind the scenes, talking about stuff that they might not like you to talk about. Because the University of Utah, that there's two veils there. There's the public <coughs> side of what's going on at the athletic department and at the school, and then there's the whole backside of you know problems with professors, problems with such as the women's swim team that with the rape investigations of the coach and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of I wouldn't say there's a lot of that stuff at the U, but At universities, there's a lot of uh, bad that goes on at universities. And if you start talking about them too much, publicists and all that kind of PR people, sponsorships are going to get in me. I don't think they're going to
3: talk about stuff like that. Well, no, I know what he's talking about. Like, like, (laughs) Witt
0: would get angry if we were talking about, or not me, because I'm not there anymore, but if Andy was talking about, like, what we're going to do this week, you know, or we have this really cool fake punt or oh, we have a really cool Fly Sweep Reverse Hot Dog 32X 24Z, whatever the hell they call it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can't talk about that. I don't know. I I try not to think about burning bridges. Yeah. I, I think you can't go into something like that and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go in here and burn all the fucking bridges I want. Because, <laughs> see, if
2: I reached your age, and when I was at school and doing team sports, first thing I would have talked about was... <coughs> the amount of sex that was going on, the amount of the what I saw at the parties, the steroid abuse that I, I grew up in a different generation, tons of steroids. Uh, I would have talked about steroids. I would have talked about the opiate addictions that a lot of players have, you know, and because those are compelling and those are what people want to hear. And I think that, you know, you being so close to a program and Andy being so close, it seems like you'd go, you could blur lines a little bit.
0: I understand. Yeah. I understand. I, I just think, uh, There are are certain things that are, for the most part, black and white, that you just stay clear of. And anything that can really hurt the program is something that we're not going to delve into. Even if it would be compelling for for listeners to hear, it's something that, for how much good that program did us, we're not going to go and stab them in the back by talking about whatever. Sure. So... You know, in 10 years' time, when I could care less and they have a new (laughs) coach and Coach uh, Dr. Hill, who I don't like, is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll talk some shit about whoever on the team. That, But for now, I'm like a year out. I'm living in Salt Lake City. Yeah, I'm good.
2: I I bet it's going to be phenomenal. I bet the ratings are going to just spike.
0: We'll see. It's called uh, Fourth and Long. Of course. (laughs) Awesome.
4: (laughs) You said you guys are going to be telling stories. I want to hear a Tom Hackett story, something crazy that's happened to you on the team that you can share.
0: Um, so uh, it's funny. So one of the stories I was kind of thinking about telling on the show was um, it involves Travis right when he first kind of got to the program. I was a punter. He was a quarterback. There were very big differences between the two of us, size, uh, position obviously, and and the special teams coach wanted Travis to hold for field goals because oh perfect we have this six foot seven giraffe that can hold for <laughs> whatever kicker and if we wanted to run a fake then boom perfect he puts it on his left nipple and life is great but I was like no fuck that I want to be the holder because I'm never on the football field <laughs> <laughs> he's always on the football field. I'm going to be the holder. So, Travis, uh, we, we rock up. It's like full camp or something, and Travis is the number one holder. I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> so, after the first day of holding, uh, Travis comes to my locker, and he goes, dude, he goes, he goes, you can have the job. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, no, the holding job's yours. He said, there's more pressure holding than there is playing quarterback. <laughs> 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 I'm like perfect. Like you're a pussy. Get out of here. I'm holding. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's pretty funny.
0: That's uh, amazing. Yeah, that's just kind of along the lines of those sort of things and oh, funny. That's awesome. Any well,
4: crazy, sorry, interactions with fans. What's like your craziest interaction with a fan?
0: Uh, Utah fans have been good to me. I can't complain about Utah fans. I've never really had Utah fans hate on me. Or any of that nature. Going down to ASU, Arizona State, was tricky. I'm not the biggest fan, biggest fans of their fans, if that makes sense. But uh, most of their students live at halftime, so you get the old 40-year-old alcoholics that have lived there since they were <laughs> 18, probably got HIV, have never left. <laughs> They're in the stands. And just heckling, like, like come I, I had long hair and a moustache. Get over it. I kind of look like a pedophile, but it, you don't need to, like, be screaming that with children in the stands. It's like, not chill. And it's like time and time again, it's like, oh. Anyway, that was aggravating. And then I guess after we lost that game, it was the same game Andy missed that field goal and then got told to jump off a cliff or ski off a cliff. <laughs> We, we sing our song to, like, uh, the Utah crowd, you know, all 20 of them down at Arizona State. It's one of the things Coach Witt tells us to do. It's like, thank them for coming down and watching us lose, even if we did, you know, lose. So <laughs> we're singing, uh, and all I see is, like, Arizona State fans around the 20 Utah fans, and they're just middle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, you just won? I'm like, go do better things with your life, like get HIV or whatever you do down there. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I, I wasn't a fan of those guys. Arizona State and, and Tom Hackett are not friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, thank you for coming on the show, man. This was a blast.
3: No all right, Thanks for having me, guys. Dude, this has been amazing. La-de-da, la-de-da. I see trees are green.